0: What you want? you you Then you then go on the radio again. Yo! If you want no smoke free weed, go bud yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go bud yourself. Make your knowledge increase. Go bud yourself. Go bud, bud yourself.
1: Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 28 of Grow Bud Yourself, brought to you by Excelsior Extracts. We have a great show for you guys. We're going to talk about some of the amazing gains for cannabis in the election. We're going to talk to Sid and Josh from Natura Life Sciences in California. We got our cultivation segment as usual. We're going to talk about gorilla growing, uh, take some questions and answers, and much more. So we will be back with episode 28 of Grow Bud Yourself. all right welcome to episode number 28 as always thank you to dj jacques and windstrong for the tune uh we are here
2: 28 episodes in how you feeling mike you know pretty good considering that it's 28 in i thought i'd be like tearing my hair out at this point but i'm i'm okay i feel good yeah i mean they're weekly too i mean that's
1: not we're not used to
2: that right no we're really not (laughs) every week yes
1: and lots of changes we had uh We had a pretty big election here for cannabis and for plant-based
2: medicines in general, I would say. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't just cannabis, I suppose. But, um, you know, as we brought up leading up to the election, there were several states that had uh, recreational and medical initiatives on the ballot. And even though at this point, while we're recording this on, uh, what is it, Thursday, uh, November 5th, we still don't know who the president is going to be, but we do know without question that cannabis was a huge winner on election day because every single state passed their pot initiative. Pretty amazing. Absolutely
1: incredible. I mean, we're talking about Mississippi, Yeah. you know, Montana, places where you wouldn't necessarily think that, uh, that you know, this was going to squeak by but it it
2: it passed with flying colors passed by a minimum of five percent incredibly and so amazing recreational cannabis now legal in arizona uh, where medical dispensaries will be allowed to sell recreational pot montana new jersey and south dakota and south dakota in addition to the uh, adult use law also passed a medical law and as you mentioned dan mississippi passed a medical law so there you go
1: Yeah, but let's not gloss over New Jersey. That's Mm -hmm. huge. Huge. New Jersey had medical, um, pretty strict, pretty uh, restricted, very difficult. um, Only a few dispensaries, no concentrates, uh, no edibles as far as I know of. Very, very, you know, tough uh, medical law. Now we're talking about adult use, uh, recreational use in New Jersey, which I think is going to be massive for us here on the East Coast. I think... New York and Connecticut are have to immediately follow up with uh, with their versions of whatever their you know legalization is going to be, and really that puts the majority of Americans into legal states. And I think that's when we're really going to start angling for a huge federal change, and you know real legalization. And by that I mean not just being able to go to a store and buy cannabis, but being able to grow it. Uh, releasing any prisoners uh, who are locked up for it, uh, expunging any records that people have for it, um, and basically just freeing it up from, you know, this ridiculous world of cannabis prohibition. And so I just, I applaud New Jersey. I applaud all the states and all the voters that voted for this. This is not a partisan issue. It's not a red or blue thing. It's a green thing. And, you know, it passed with flying colors. In many states, um, defeating all the politicians <laughs> on both sides, but you know, especially New Jersey to me, you know that that's monumental, and it passed so heavily. I mean, I think it was like two to one uh, the votes on that. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a lasting, lasting change. That's going to um, change the whole Northeast, the East Coast, and the United States, which ultimately is going to change the world because. Uh, when we legalize here, there's no reason for other countries to, you know, to remain draconian when it comes to cannabis. And I think that's amazing. And we mentioned that there was other plants involved and, uh, just, uh, I think, you know, we're on the cusp of some pretty major changes when it comes to these things. And you don't always see them for what they are as they happen, but, uh, this vote was very, very big.
2: Yeah. And as you mentioned, New Jersey is the big one. Uh, That's, I think, what we were all waiting for because there's so much at stake with that. The entire market in the Northeast is is just going to become sort of an epicenter for legal cannabis with that tax and regulate law there in Jersey. But of course, Arizona, all those medical dispensaries are now going to be able to sell adult use recreational cannabis, which is incredible. And then places like Montana and South Dakota also getting involved so we now have uh, 15 states with legal adult use cannabis and and Washington DC which means that one in 3 Americans live in a legal cannabis state which is absolutely incredible but as Dan mentioned uh, it wasn't just a, a big day for cannabis Oregon became the first state to decriminalize all drugs so that includes like cocaine and heroin all drugs now decriminalized in Oregon and Oregon also legalized shrooms or specifically uh, psilocybin and uh, that is the uh, psychoactive ingredient in magic mushrooms and that is legal for a uh, supervised therapeutic use amazing incredible to get uh, dr. Mitch on that ask him yes. about that absolutely it's a huge
1: win for um, plant-based medicines and uh, you know obviously for cannabis as well and um, yeah just amazing I I can't speak. I can't be more happy. I mean, it was a, a clean sweep, at least in the United States. Obviously, in New Zealand, we had some setbacks there. They tried to pass um, a legalization law that did not pass. But uh, here in the U.S., you know, we we did it. And uh, we continue to do it. And the New Jersey news really bodes well for us at Northeast Leaf Magazine, uh, you know, the magazine we've been putting out now. uh Pretty amazing news. Very exciting. Um, we're, we're really glad to be, uh, you know, the voice of, you know, the Northeast with the magazine and talking about all these changes. Uh, but we also you have know, other news. We
2: could have just moved out to, to L.A., but we, we decided to just stay where we were and let it come to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Legalization
1: came to us. And uh, and now we also have big news of we launched a website for Grow bud Yourself
2: yeah like don't get your hopes up it's not you know the fanciest website you've ever seen but um it is a place where you can get all your grow bud yourself information that you need you know you can um check out the latest episode you can subscribe to our youtube see what videos we're putting out and you could also uh, subscribe to our um mailing list we're going to start getting a newsletter out for everybody so that's coming up you want to just check out the website see what we have going on there
1: Yes, absolutely. Growbudyourself.com. You can sign up for Patreon there. Um, and we're going to keep adding to that. Right now it's a landing page. Um, we're going to keep adding to that. Hopefully um, you know, we'll have a lot of great info for you guys uh, and be able to you know, reach you guys um, as listeners and as hosts and all of it and make a community out of it.
2: Yeah, and it's also something where if we're blabbing on about uh, something that we want to point you guys to, we could kind of post it there. So it's just going to be a good place to check out. Also, obviously, if you have questions that you'd like uh, answered on the show, um, you could find a way to get in touch with us there. So growbudyourself.com check it out. Indeed, indeed. We have a great
1: interview in store for you guys as well. Um, we have Sid Gupta and Josh Schmidt uh, from Natura. Uh, Life Sciences. It's an incredible company in California. They've built a huge campus in Sacramento uh, where there's a huge, I mean, massive grow facility, um, you know, distribution facility, uh, lab concentration, everything is involved, um, including education and much more. Uh, It's really kind of not like something like anything we've ever seen in cannabis yet and uh we're really excited to have sid and josh to talk about that and a great little pop-in uh during the episode from aj sour from you know the aj sour diesel uh if you know about that uh he pops in at the end as well so uh i guess without further ado maybe we can uh get to sid and josh from natura after these messages Hey, you guys! This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts and their incredible THC-infused relief rub. Uh, and now this stuff really works, and uh, I know it works because it's made by our friend Outcast, and she needs very, very strong topicals. Uh, so the relief rub is the strongest topical I've ever tried. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts, all one word. Uh, DM them for info on the relief rub if you're interested and uh, give them a follow. Uh, they're great people, and they grow great cannabis and make great products. So thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back. And we are honored to have some special guests with us this week. Uh, we have Sid Gupta and Josh Smith from Natura, uh, they are growing real big in Sacramento, California, and they have an incredible facility that we're going to talk about. Uh, and we're going to talk about scaling up as well. But just want to say welcome to you, gentlemen, for joining the show.
0: Thank you, Danny. Good to be here. Thanks, Danny.
1: Awesome. Um, um, now, I want to start with Josh. Uh, you know, Tell me a little bit about your like, earliest cannabis experiences and how you got involved in the industry. I mean, I guess you grew up in the Bay Area, Um, so it's kind of a part of life there, but but how did that extend into um, more of a career and a lifestyle?
3: Well, I was an earlier consumer, and the stuff that I used to buy as a young kid used to have seeds in it, so I was naturally inclined to plant some of those seeds and really enjoyed just watching the plant grow, and eventually when medical came around with Prop 215 in California, I was able to get a doctor note and able to go to the stores and really the dispensaries, collectives, and able to really see and uh, all the different commercial types of, of cannabis and non-commercial that were out there and then traveled to Europe, luckily, to coffee shops in Amsterdam to see that whole aspect of international hashish and flour and whatnot and how the two worlds merged. Um, eventually, um, opened a dispensary uh, with some friends at the time in Van Nuys. We were first to market in Van Nuys, one of the first in San Fernando Valley, um, and then eventually really got deep into medical uh which led me to cultivation in northern california and then eventually uh, meeting this guy next to me and starting pistol point
1: yeah i should mention i visited uh one of your norcal cultivation spots uh when i was working with high times and uh yeah it was very impressive uh even for back then um and you know you you definitely have done a ton of traveling as well tell me a little bit about um, all the different places you've been, and I mean, you mentioned Amsterdam, but I think there's a lot of other places, in particular places that have, um, you know, either cannabis tradition or hash making traditions.
3: It was it was ironic at the time because we all used to go to Amsterdam to get all of our genetics, and now most of Amsterdam is coming over here to get their genetics and whatnot. But <laughs> at that time, we would go over there, and we would find all of these different strains that were coming, you know, via guys like Casey Brains from South America or Gypsy Nirvana going to Mexico, all these different places of people bringing them back to Holland. So naturally I, I would start doing, and I was a consumer, so I would only want to travel to places that really had a, a culture and I wouldn't get in trouble. So we did Morocco, we did Nepal, we did India, Northern India, the Himachal Pradesh, um, parts of Thailand closer to Laos, Cambodia, places that were growing, you know, and bringing seeds back Nepal. Um, I always traveled to places mostly that had cannabis. I always ate the all symptoms of not being able to consume in places like Singapore and other places. So um, I was naturally inclined to go find places that had genetics and would always try to bring seeds back to, to California and, and grow them out and also purchase seeds to, to grow.
1: Right. And so um, eventually that led you to teaming up with Sid and co founding Pistol Point Cannabis. Um, in Oregon, actually the largest indoor cannabis producer in the state of Oregon, as as far as I know, Um, I came and wrote you guys up. And one of the interesting things that I found was how you were able to scale up to very large facility, but still maintain quality, which is really kind of the number one thing of like, you know, scaling up as what I've seen is that um, typically quality suffers. So why don't uh, you guys weigh in a little bit about um, you know, co-founding Pistol Point and how you were able to maintain quality.
0: So that was in 2012, Danny. Um, when Josh started his first dispensary was what, back in 2002. Yeah. So that, that 10 years was a great growth period for the industry, for, for all of us personally. Uh, I was in New York in 2012. I had a number of restaurants and clubs and was doing the hallway parties for high times. And you guys have brought us out to the cannabis cup in Colorado, really for that first year of regulated cannabis out there. And, uh, you know, what I saw was an opportunity to approach this in a, in a bit different of a manner than just throwing cannabis and selling cannabis. And, and especially, you know, the, the whole hiding concept, right? I think the first time i ever spoken to Josh about getting licensing, I also spoke about a social media page and half the people in the room thought that I was going to get everyone arrested. Um, so, you know, I had a different approach uh, for the industry and, and when him and I connected, it was... Uh, merely to get licensing, uh, to gain SOPs, to gain an understanding of what it is to build a business in a regulated environment. And that was in Oregon back in 2012. Uh, we grew that pretty quickly in the largest licensed indoor medical producer, and then that, that transitioned into a recreational producer. Um, and yeah, the, the, you know, the maintenance of quality, it's, it's not easy. It's always been a challenge. We've always learned from every single mistake that we've made, but technology certainly helped. And then time certainly helped, you know, uh, understanding our genetics to the best of our ability, dialing them into the environments that they were in, and then continuing to uh, continually make, make adjustments. Um, you know, there's always a lot of troubleshooting in cannabis cultivation, and then, you know, as things have developed into processing and manufactured goods, uh, things have become more streamlined. So I think that the, the number one way I can say we, you know, really maintain quality while scaling is, um, is by gaining experience.
1: Right. And I think, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're you're from here in New York, really coming out of, uh, you know, the hospitality business, you know, restaurateur and things of that nature. And I think our industry, you know, cannabis really doesn't have that uh,
0: perspective to it. You walk into a restaurant, we pour you a drink, you there to have a good time. You know, you come to the farm, we like you to join We're there to have a good time. It's vibes, it's energy, it's the frequency that we're communicating into the plants, into the food, into the experience. Um, And it really is all about the people, right? Again, going back to how'd you guys, you know, how were you able to scale? It was by building a team, it was by building experiences, it was by making mistakes and learning from them, it was by remaining adaptable in a regulated environment that was constantly changing. You didn't know what was happening on a state level, on a city level, on a county level. They would say one thing one day, they would say another thing the next day. They didn't even know how to interpret their own laws half the time. They were coming to us for guidance. Yeah, it was always the same thing. It was hospitality. It was it was maintaining the best possible um, perspective and being able to deliver that, and communicate that message to our audience. And I think that's the point. And now Natura has done a wonderful job of that.
1: Yeah, and I think what you bring to that is, um, you know, that the, the perspective that you know, we don't have to hide anymore, and now's the time to expand and and grow. And um, you mentioned having the right people, but also having the right strains. I think you you guys really went out of your way to ensure, um, you know, genetic integrity. And I think, you know, uh, I know Josh played a major role in that, obviously, being a NorCal guy, um, and able to, you know, have those connections. It really was a
3: hybrid, though, because much to, like, the hospitality bit, about, especially about Sid. Ironically, I'm from the restaurant business as well. My, It's a similar story. Our family's very similar. But uh, he's a New York restaurateur, New York City <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: to, <laughs> no, 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 but pounding the pavement and like he like the, it's actually a beautiful thing that happened with oil and vinegar type situation. Him and I are meeting with each other, where we make a nice salad dressing when we're together. <laughs> we separate, you know, we look different, but the things that have happened together could have not have had happened alone with my genetics. Like it's it's a symphony mm-hmm. of it's a symphony of, of pushing because this
0: industry will make most people just want to quit. Um, friends had asked, you know, how are you guys going to survive? Right. And I think the analogy you made is that we we're, you know, city area restaurant tours, right? Bay Area, New York, New York area. And if we can survive the restaurant business, we could survive the illicit cannabis industry and we can survive the regulated cannabis industry. Well, looking forward to the next six months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you have to be able to jump through a lot of hoops, um, but tell me about um, Natura and what you guys have accomplished here because I mean, from what it sounds like, this is huge. I mean, yeah. this facility in Sacramento and your ability to, you know, build the supply chain, not just in California, but all around the world. Um, yeah, just tell me about Natura and what you guys were able to accomplish here.
0: Josh and I, over the last eight years, getting licensure. Um in California, in Oregon, in Columbia, South America, uh, as well as Thailand, so about 22 licenses worldwide. Um, We joined Ori Bighton about a year ago in his pursuit over here in Victoria. He'd been in this project about three years. He's a real estate developer, uh, ran one of the largest solar companies um, in California for many years. And uh, he was not a cannabis guy, but he became a very good friend of ours and he had basically a development project, which was a 12 acre campus in Sacramento where he was aggregating 21 licenses to build the largest supply chain uh, under one roof in the state. Everything was built to uh, GAP standards and GMP standards. That's federal guidance on agricultural cultivation, as well as food grade production, farm food grade production. So when he showed us the project about a year ago, um, it was still a dirt lot. And we saw not only an amazing human being that really had the focus of people and plants and science and health and wellness on his mind. I know we talk about all of those E words a lot, but really what we're putting together here is very special. This is not grow cannabis, sell cannabis. This is created, formulated products that are based off of the world's largest certified genetic catalog for targeted approach. If you have anxiety, there's actual medicine that we can give you with derivatives of cannabis other botanical ingredients in there. It's not, here's joint smoke. I'm sure that might work too, depending on the strain, but um, there are better ways to go about this. And uh, that really is what we're prepared to bring uh, in participation with Natura uh, to California and the rest of the world.
1: That is amazing. And I mean, what it is and what it looks like to me is that like a campus, you know what I mean? Rather than a cultivation facility or even like a vertically integrated space where there's a dispensary and a cultivation and whatever else, there's room for everything here. I
0: mean, and everyone.
3: Yeah, you know, we there's, are. there's nothing like it. There's, it's the most unique place ever. We were just saying yesterday as we were walking in the evening, like, People riding bikes
0: to some people ride bike story. Like it's really a, bikes to yeah, like skateboards, bikes. skateboards. Absolutely is really a campus. Feeling like a campus. It's it's absolutely a campus. People plan their lunches and their breaks around each uh, other's schedules and that there's a feeling of real community over here. And, and you know, we bring COVID back again, um people have you know come here from all over the state, all over the country to be part of this project. We've been blessed to have an incredible team. And uh, you know, there's a sense of community that's been built here almost in a forced way yet an organic way, right? Because everyone is here together. There's really nothing to do and everyone's putting their time and effort and heart and soul. And uh, we've all leaned on each other during, what has been a really tough year, but be able to come out of this and say, you know, wow, we were we actually had an opportunity. You know, a lot of people had opportunities taken away from them this year and, um, and to be able to do something good and give back, is really a very important part of process.
1: Yeah. It's amazing what it sounds like. I mean, there's uh a little bit of everything. I mean, you guys are handling cultivation, propagation, manufacturing, uh, distribution.
0: Uh, del- of production annually off the first site. Um, probably within 30 months will be upwards of 800,000 pounds of production. Um, we also have a 40,000 square foot propagation facility that will be uh, servicing us with genetics, uh, breeding projects going on, tissue culture laboratory over there. Uh, we'll also have enough plants to service um, many other properties, and other brand partners of ours. Um, we are producing for some of the most known and loved brands uh, in the state right now, including DNA Genetics, Cookies, uh, many, many more. Um, but yeah, it's a really great opportunity to just work with a lot of our friends and really do something terrific.
3: The demographics of the location are amazing too, we're across the street from a Navy Yard and next door to FedEx, so we're literally surrounded by government entities and the, the full circle to that we're going to be hopefully going head up with, with, with pharma and being able to, to produce medicines here that will be just as, as you know, just as, the, the efficacy is just as good as anything that they're putting out, but better and it's fully natural. And
0: we're right in the face of them in a time like this. There's nothing like it. When Ori, uh, Ori loves to say that, that the Army base across the street is our biggest potential customer, and at the FedEx warehouse is like three hundred thousand square feet next door is our, our larger shipping partner, and he's always been really forward thinking. That's how we wound up here, um, and I imagine one day he's absolutely correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like you guys are preparing for a future that uh, a lot of companies aren't anticipating, and you also have you know an immersive showroom and education center, which I think is really important um, for people that just want to learn more uh, about cannabis and, and plant based medicines um this i mean this is, just sounds like an incredible space uh, but it really all boils down to the quality of the product and again you know you guys at pistol point we're known for you know proper genetics properly grown properly dried and cured all of that and um are you maintaining that same you know system here with two hundred thousand square foot facility
0: we are maintaining similar systems One of the concepts that we maintain at Pistol Point, you know, that was, that's a very large facility in itself, not as large as this, but still quite large. But one of those concepts was no matter what the level of automation is, every plant needs to be seen every day by a cultivator with experience that knows what they're doing. You touch every plant every day. It's very important. And uh, we maintain the principle here at Natura. Um, We've also put the highest level of technology and where we have, 4,500 lights over a hundred thousand square foot footprint so any growers out there that are listening each flowering bay is 10,000 square feet and has 300 custom LEDs in there that's an indoor grow but then it has a roof that opens up and we can let in different spectrums of the Sun depending on the time of day depending on the genetic and you've got what 8,000 sensors around those greenhouses to take all of that data every six seconds you're pulling data you're pulling temperature you're pulling humidity you're pulling climate you're pulling lighting spectrum intensity It knows the age of the plant, it knows what day it's on, it knows what placement it's in. So once you pull all that data, um, I feel like we're going to have a really good opportunity to dial strains in and get the best out of each genetic. What we're growing for while it's finished flower in many senses is also a finished product. So if we're looking for a certain cannabinoid or phytocannabinoid or terpene, and that's something that we can identify grows or has the highest concentration in one particular strain, then we're going to dial in that strain and grow for that individual product. And the That's cannabis amazing. is
3: handled in an amazing way. It's on harvest, it's literally being rolled to being wet weighed and to be hung. So there's no chopping of any buds, putting them in a the bucket, moving them over there, hanging. The, the plants literally roll on harvest day to the harvest room and get chopped and hung on a trellis and hung dry. And our dry rooms are next to none. Like Sid and I have done a great job. The dry rooms in Oregon are the best dry rooms I ever had. Nothing like what I used to have in the hills. Uh, but these dry rooms are super special.
0: There's an incredible construction team over here. Uh, some of the most talented people I've ever worked with in my life. Um, and with Ori and, and co-founder Craig Powell. Uh, Craig Powell comes from you know, the, probably the largest tomato production facility in the entire world. Two million square feet of production. They had 14,000 different tomato-based SKUs. 70% of all of America's tomato-based products on, on shelves were coming out of this factory. So to bring that level of management and efficiency and execution along with the understanding of cannabis, both culturally and even this wonderful plan to Josh, myself, Steve Council, who's leading cultivation for us, Tobias Rich, who's running operations for us, bring to the table. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, really, it's all about this amazing team that we put together, that Ori and Craig have put together.
1: That's awesome. Um, now, speaking about strains and genetics, I, I hear we have a special guest uh, visiting Natura, uh, our old friend, AJ Sauer, is he, uh, he is he there be. with you guys?
3: He might be. He is. I might, I might even move a little bit to let the New Yorkers take over.
1: We'd love to chat with, uh, AJ yeah. for right. a minute here. <laughs> hey, what's up, old friend? How are you? Pretty good. How you doing? Good, good. So you're, you're over there visiting, uh, the, the laboratory.
3: Yeah. These guys are right down the road
1: from me. So Nice. Had today. nice nice well hey uh, you know we were just talking about quality genetics i think that's something you uh you know a lot about and uh you know is there is there a partnership here in the future is there like uh you know any maybe some aj sour popping out
0: we're 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 here to discuss that too nice. yeah we're here to discuss a couple <laughs> of, of opportunities i would think
1: excellent excellent well we we miss you out east uh Wanted to definitely say hello and catch up with you. Um, I wanted to mention to Sid, um, how do people find out more information about um, what's going on, like websites, social media, and stuff like that?
0: Uh, natura, N-A-T-U-R-A dot I-O is our website. Uh, natura underscore life underscore science is the Instagram. And then I'm sure you can Google us and find the Facebook and LinkedIn coming to come through my mind right now. But yeah,
1: And there's careers available out here too. I mean, you guys are obviously hiring. You got a
0: good resume, send it on over.
1: Yeah. Well, I would want to encourage anyone to take a look at that website, natura.io and take a look at the size and the scale at which these guys are, are growing and, you know, manufacturing, processing, distributing, delivering, uh, and educating. I think it's all real important and um, they were able to bring in a ton of money to build this incredible campus. I mean, you can't call it a cult, it's, you can't call it a cultivation facility. It's really a, a cannabis campus where you can go and you know learn, work, uh, and find out everything you need to know. So if you're in the Sacramento area and and looking, you know, check out that site. There's careers, um, there's investment opportunities, I would imagine, and all kinds of interesting stuff to learn. Uh, And, you know, as these cultivation facilities scale up, it's important that they, you know, they know what they're doing because a lot of times scaling up means, you know, failing up basically and, and having some issues and problems with the gardens. Um, So I want to thank you guys for uh, appearing on the show here. Any last words or thoughts and and things for people?
0: Free the plant, baby.
1: (laughs) Free the plant. All right, well, there you have it. Uh, Thank you to Sid, Josh, uh, AJ, and everyone, Ori and everyone else at Natura, because it takes a huge team uh, of people to pull something like this off. It's massive. We're talking about 11.4 acre campus, 200,000 square foot uh, grow facility, 65,000 square foot processing, manufacturing, distribution, and delivery, and a 25,000 square foot immersive showroom and education center. So it's just uh, really like heaven on earth, it sounds like to me. Uh, I can't wait to come out and visit at some point. So thank you guys for being on the show. And uh, we will be back with more Grow Bud Yourself. All right, we are back. And uh, yeah, very interesting uh, chat there. Uh, with Sid and Josh and even AJ um, talking about how big people are growing these days. I mean, those guys are, are you know, dreaming big. It's pretty awesome.
2: It was nice to have a little bit of the New York representation there with, uh, with AJ. You know, we get so much of the West Coast, um, so that was great. And if you are a, a Patreon member of this show... We're going to have a little extra treat for you. We have um, AJ kind of describing the history of the Sour, right? Yeah, we got him to like,
1: uh, you know, he's always reluctant to discuss that stuff. But like we got him to give us a a few minutes on like, you know, how that all came about, um, you know, and how the Sour Diesel was born uh, here in the East Coast. And that's pretty powerful information, um, especially for people who really have tried that real AJ Sour.
2: Yeah, so definitely uh look look for that. We're going to get that up for the Patreon uh subscribers shortly. But now we are in the cultivation segment and uh it is an off fortnight so we don't have a strain, but as always we have a grow tip from Dan to help you become a better grower. And and this is a little bit in contrast
1: to talking to those guys about, you know, massive indoor uh and, you know, greenhouse growing. Um, And so today I'd like to talk about gorilla outdoor weed growing, Uh, meaning, you know, hiding plants basically in the woods, or not necessarily woods because there's not enough sunlight, but, you know, among the woods in places where there is sun available. Uh, And, you know, this is a controversial topic, you know, because you're growing on, you know, uh, public and private land and... um, it's just, it's something people would do and it's something that happens. And sometimes people will hide their plants among, you know, corn fields or whatever it is. Uh, but gorilla growing is the thing that happens and, you know, you should do it responsibly. Definitely don't leave, you know, uh, a lot of mess or anything like that around. It's important basically to just have a place that's very, um, safe and secure and, and, Um, part of that starts right now, basically we're getting into the winter time. Um, and winter is a good time to choose your spots. Um, so, you know, you want to tread lightly. You don't want to leave a path to your space. Um, you know, I always, you know, in the old days I would find, you know, a place where there was like fencing and things that were blocking off a whole area and then, you know, try to either climb the fence or cut the fence and get through get into an area that no one's going to be at. Cause you know, again, you're going to be from the spring through the summer into the fall, you're going to be growing these plants there. And if any single you know person or animal finds them, they're going to be gone, you know, whether it's deer or rippers or, or law enforcement or whatever. So uh, you know, you need a place that no one's going to visit for, you know, typically six or eight months. Uh, And finding those places is not easy, especially like you know out here where we are so densely populated. But you know those places do exist, and typically, you know, you know from the side of a highway, you you see a fence, and you know I'm always kind of you know every time I'm driving around I'm looking, kind of like oh that would be a great spot, that would be a great spot. Uh, Obviously not using those spots, but thinking about it just because it's it's in my it's in my blood and my DNA. But winter's the time to choose because winter gives you an idea of what that place is going to look like in the fall. Uh, a lot of times, you know, in the spring and summer, uh, you've got a lot of cover, a lot of plant material, a lot of leaves, a lot of, you know, trees that are, that are hiding what, what's going on. But, you know, by the time fall or winter rolls around, all those leaves and plants are gone. And now your plant, your, you know, bright green, flowering plants or purple plants or whatever are exposed. So in wintertime, you know, that's when you can look around, um, look for secluded properties and that sort of thing. Um, I obviously don't encourage growing anything on public property. uh, But at the same time, I recognize that it happens. And, uh, you know, it's a thing that people do, (laughs) especially in places where they're not allowed to grow. So again, you know, if we legalize home grow these things will be less lucrative but but they still are so uh one great trick that a friend of mine uh told me years ago uh and this is a funny one but he would basically take you know a dollar bill and just pin it to a tree in a certain area and if he came back and the dollar bill was gone you know he knew that wasn't a good place to grow uh if he came back and the dollar bill was still there hey you know this might be uh promising um so you know you don't want places where hikers hunters campers any of that situation is going on um you don't want places where people show up you know every couple of weeks to mow the grass or you know repair wires or any of that sort of stuff uh you got to remember the best spots are the ones that are hard to get to okay so if there's thorns you know, a cliff that's kind of off the beaten path or something like that. That's great. Um, it also helps to have an alibi, um, like, you know, pretending to be sort of birdwatching or fishing. If you have binoculars or a tackle box with you, that always helps. Um, you know, you want to find a Southern facing slope that's going to get the most sun. Uh, keep in mind what that area is going to look like from above, uh, you know, from a helicopter or a drone. Um, Try not to make a path that's gonna lead people. That's also very important because, you know, paths are just naturally where people are gonna go. And if you know, you're know you leading them right to your grow, that's bad. Um, if you have a nearby water supply, a river, a creek, a lake, that's amazing because carrying water is a bitch. And water, you know, it seems fine, but it's eight pounds per gallon. And if you got a lot of plants out there, that's a lot of weight. Um, and you wanna reduce the distance you have to carry heavy water um if you have a backpack system you know that you can bring water in with that's always great um winter is also the time to those plants so either rooting clones or uh, starting seeds indoors under lights uh you know it's always better to put out larger plants than it is to uh you know try to plant seedlings uh or just root clones into native soil and have them grow Uh, it's definitely better to have strong, healthy plants and the healthier and stronger the plants you put out, the more your yield is going to be. Um, so that's really like the winter outdoor gorilla stuff. Uh, once you get into the spring, that's when you want to start putting your plants in. Uh, you want to keep them nice and well hidden. You want to, um, protect them from, you know, wind and rain and things like that. If you can, um, summer, you know, it gets hot. You just want to keep the plants happy. Uh, keep them alive if it doesn't rain you know for more than 10 days or so you got to get out there and water those plants Uh, be careful you know try to approach the plants from different directions if you can again if you find any kind of infestations or anything definitely you know deal with those slugs are always a problem you know all kinds of different bugs and 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 animals are going to want to eat your plants Uh, but if you keep them nice and healthy they'll be fine if you planted seeds, you're gonna to wanna to make sure to sex the plants. If the leaves start to turn yellow, you know, add some nitrogen heavy fertilizer. Um, rain is your friend during the summer, not so much in the fall, uh, but you know, it's always good to just not have to approach those plants um, and have the rain do the work. In the fall, you know, that's, you know, when you're gonna to wanna to harvest. Um, That's when the plants are going to change colors. It makes your bright green plants a little bit more visible from the sky and from the ground. So anything you can do to conceal them from prying eyes is very helpful. And, you know, when you've determined that it's time to harvest, you harvest. And there you go. That's gorilla outdoor gardening.
2: All right. Very good advice for any of the uh, gorilla growers out there. I I do have to say, if I was wandering through the woods and I saw a dollar bill pinned to a tree, I don't know what I would do. I think I would assume it was some sort of trap. (laughs) Well, technically, I guess kind of it is. but uh, Yeah. But (laughs) like if I took it, maybe I'd get like a net would fall on me or something. I don't know. I would think I would leave it alone. If it was just a dollar. Yeah, well, maybe make it a 20 then. (laughs) then I would be very tempted to risk the net that would fall on me. But yes, okay, good advice uh, for the gorilla growers out there. And uh, now we move on to our question and answer portion of the show. So if you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on the show, uh, send it to us. You could email us at info at growbudyourself.com. You could also get us on social media through Patreon on YouTube, etc., so let's get things started here with SMG, the Southern Motorway grower, who writes, Hello, Grow Bud Yourself team. I live in a small city apartment, and I have a new grow tent measuring 160 by 90 by 50 centimeters in a small closet wardrobe. We're back to centimeters. Uh, okay, I'm using um, a 3x15 liter Autopot system with air domes, monkey nutrients, and a 200-watt Mars Hydro LED light with correct fan extraction. As you know, this is a very challenging small setup, and I plan to use training techniques to reduce the plant height. Do you have tips for doing very small grows? Yes, indeed. So
1: micro-growing is uh, you know, a thing in and of itself because you're really confined in a tiny, small space. And you really need to be uh, in that space pretty constantly because um, you know, you're wise to have an LED light in there. Um, you're definitely uh, smart to be using uh, training techniques to reduce plant height. But you have to remember that the plants can grow fairly quickly, and you might have to train them like practically every day, um, depending on the size of your micro-grow. A small closet wardrobe is not a lot of space. So keep in mind, you do not want those plants growing too close to the light. You don't want them stretching out too much. You want to factor in the stretch that they have after you start flowering. Don't just assume they're going to stay the same height when you induce flowering and, you know, really maintain those training techniques, uh, on, on practically a daily basis, um, because you really, you know, if you want to harvest the most out of that space, um, you want to train those plants. And I highly recommend screen of green in that situation where you can use some type of chicken wire or trellising type of system and train the plant to grow into the different holes in the chicken wire or, you know, in between the, um, trellising and spread those branches out, um, so that you get the most out of each of them and also, um, have a large size container, um, for your plant roots and stuff so that you don't have, uh, root bound plants.
2: Okay, uh, thank you very much, SMG. And uh, we actually have another uh, question from the UK here. Ben writes, uh, hey guys, thanks very much for the podcast. It's my favorite cannabis podcast by a mile. Nice, thank you. Nice. Uh, I'm from the UK. I grew a few outdoor plants this year, and now I'm about to set up an indoor grow room. I'm going for an 8 foot by 4 foot BudBox Pro Grow Kit with two 600 watt Philips Green Power HPS lights. I'm going to go for an organic soil-based medium. I'm finding it hard to choose a strain, but I'm leaning towards Dutch Passion's Orange Bud. I'm a sativa fan, and I like some of the fruity flavors, as well as a nod to the old school. Do you have any experience with this strain? Most weed here in the UK is indica-dominant. I'm planning on growing with the scrog method you mentioned on the show a while back. Will 8 plants be a good amount for an 8x4 tent, And if so, what size pots would be ideal for this plant, method, and room size? Uh, Although I'm new to indoor growing, I've grown cannabis outdoors numerous times, and I'm an experienced fruit and vegetable grower. So uh, what would you say to Ben? All right, so that's interesting. Um, 8 by 4 gives you basically 32
1: um, square foot of footprint. Um, eight plants is fine in that. It's great. You're just going to need to veg those plants for a longer period of time because basically each plant gets about um, four square feet of area. Uh, and if you want to fill up that area, um, as you mentioned in the Scrog method, you're going to need, I would say, at the bare minimum, a five-gallon uh, container. Um, even better would be a 10, 15, 20-gallon container. But somewhere between 5 and 15 is probably ideal and a vegging time of about, you know, four weeks to eight weeks or so to build up that plant. Um, Dutch Passion orange bud is a great plant. It's definitely a throwback, you know, kind of to the, you know, 90s and 2000s. But it is a great strain. Originally, you know, that Cali orange kind of uh, sativa that you seem to like. um, Very fruity not gassy at all, but very like citrus style. Um, so I would say if you're doing the Scrog method in an eight by four tent, I would give yourself at least four weeks of veg time, at least five gallons, uh, in, in the pot size. Although I'm sure that's different in liters. Um, but we can do that conversion. I think four, four liters per gallon or so, something like that. Anyway. Um, you know you don't want root bound plants especially with longer with longer veg times and using that scrog method um so between four and eight weeks of veg time and really train those plants um to you know stay in that screen uh and you should actually yield a decent amount with two 600 watt lights uh in that eight eight by four space uh so good luck with that it sounds like you have uh previous experience uh, you know growing plants uh, and even cannabis plants, but also fruits and vegetables. so yeah, good luck and I think you know I'm a sativa fan too, so I think it'd be great to, uh, you know to grow out that Dutch passion orange bud and and uh, fill up your tent with
2: beautiful sativas. All right, so thank you Ben. Uh, keep us posted on that grow and uh, we have time for one more. so let's go to CG who uh, wrote us on YouTube and he writes question for the next episode. What's the best way to grow autos and photos for maximum yield together at the same time in the same tent? What do you think, Dan?
1: Yeah, that's a tough question because you know, autos, autos can flower at, you know, any uh, amount of light. So, you know, typically what we recommend with auto flowering plants is 18 hours on six hours off. Um, and photo period plants will only flower when the light is reduced, you know, so we usually typically use 12 hours on 12 hours off. So inside the same tent, you're going to get great, um, production from your your photo plants, but you're going to get lackluster production from your autos because they're only getting 12 hours of light when they could handle, you know, 18 or more. Uh, but you can do it. So if you want to grow them side by side, I would say, you know, keep your lights on it at 12 on 12 off and, um, you know, have the autos in the middle, put the photos maybe on the outside in, of the tent a little bit. And the autos will basically get a little bit more intensity of light. Um, and you'll still yield something off of them at 12, 12. It just won't be what you would, what you would get if you were growing those same autos at 18 hours on, uh, six hours off. So you can do it. It's not ideal. Uh, It's not something that I recommend, but it's also not something that's going to like mess things up.
2: All right. Thank you, CG. Thank you to everybody who wrote us. Uh, And again, if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, uh, get in touch with us. Our email is info at growbudyourself.com. Of course, we also have uh, the website, growbudyourself.com. So check that out. Um, Write us, let us know your question. We'll answer it on the show. Uh, Right now, we're going to take a little break, but then when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. Let's do it.
1: All right. And uh, we are back. Um, Thank you to everyone who writes us questions. We love you guys. Uh, I love answering questions for the listeners. Hope that helps you guys out as well. Thank you to jacques and windstrong thank you to excelsior extracts check out their thc infused pain rub it's amazing um thank you to sid and josh from natura uh on the interview angle and of course aj Sauer. um thanks to vapor.com they're awesome and if you use the code gby uh when you check out a vapor.com you get 15 percent off of all their products including amazing puffco packs and everything else um 28 episodes deep you guys this is awesome and uh we really appreciate your support especially the patreon supporters check us out at patreon.com slash danny danko once we get to that threshold of 42 supporters i am literally giving one of those supporters a free magical butter machine so it's literally it's sitting here in a box waiting to go out we're so so
2: close just yeah we're we're very close we just need a couple more patron patrons to join up
1: that's right and once we have that the 42 then we're gonna go for 100 after that and uh that's a wonderful incredible way to support the show um you know without being an advertiser just as a as a listener and a person who wants to be part of it and you get exclusive video content including from this episode with aj sour and youtube is thriving as well we would love for you guys to subscribe to our YouTube at Grow Bud Yourself on YouTube, so please subscribe there. You can you can stream the show on your TV uh, or any of your devices through YouTube as well. Um, so if you're trimming at home or you know spending some time, you know whatever it might be, check us out and thank you for your support. Thanks, like I said, to Sid and Josh. I think we can wrap
2: this one up, Mike. What do you think? I just need to know if I should start Jamichael Hasty tonight no Thursday night football it's the Niners against the Packers I know by the time anyone's listening to this they'll know that that was probably a foolish decision but that's what I'm thinking about right now
1: (laughs) all right well shout out to your fantasy football team
2: hopefully you win it's horrible (laughs) it's all jets is that the problem that's that's the problem that's where (laughs) I went wrong
1: you picked all jets
2: yeah one jet is too many
1: I went all jets that was dumb all right thank you guys episode number 28 let's put it in the books They're like, how you doing, man? He's like, I'm good, man. Legalize everything.